Hello, and welcome to the Elk River Lutheran Church Powered by Love podcast, recorded in beautiful downtown Elk River, Minnesota, right on the banks of the Mississippi River. Today we'll explore the Bible, life, and faith. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some sacred wit. To be powered by love is a spiritual thing, more than a feeling. To be powered by love Don't take money Don't take fame Don't take no credit card To ride this train It's strong and sudden It's cruel sometimes But it might just save Your life To be powered by love I'm Pastor Nathan Mugas Pastor here at Elk River Lutheran Church I'm Lisa Sampson, Director of Children, Youth, and Family Ministry Jeremy Hulkus, Minister of Congregational Care and Discipleship. And I'm Taylor Quinn, the Director of Music and Worship. Yes, and we'll be exploring this theme of friendship, You've Got a Friend, and we have a couple of scripture readings to help us enter into that conversation. Our first reading this morning comes from Psalm 133. How very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head, running down upon the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down over the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord ordained his blessing, life forevermore. And the second reading comes from 1 Samuel 18, verses 1 through 5, and it reads, When David had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was bound to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took, uh, Saul took him that day, and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that he was wearing and gave it to David and his armor and even his sword and his bow and his belt. David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him. As a result, Saul set him over the army and all the people, even the servants of Saul, approved. Here is the reading. Yeah, thanks, Taylor. Well, and again, under the category of things are a little different here today, uh, this next part is going to be a little different as well. We're going to have a, a sermon from myself, and so that's what you'll hear next. And then following that, we'll enter into some conversation around the table here. And so, again, a little different format here today, but uh, we're excited to be trying some things a little differently here today. And so uh, let's continue now with that uh, message. Hey, it's Pastor Nathan here, and today we are talking about friendship. We have our theme today, You've Got a Friend. And so I want to talk to you about friendship and what friendship is. And so to start off, I asked a few experts. But of course, because of the pandemic, I don't have access to a whole lot of experts. So I had to ask my boys. And so I asked them, what is a friend? And Teddy, our six-year-old, said, a friend is someone you like to play with. Fits for adults, I think, as well. Uh, Stanley, our four-year-old, said, A friend is someone who loves you and lives close to you. Okay, sure, that's pretty close, too, probably. Uh, and then finally, Ben, uh, our baby, he said nothing. He said nothing. He just smiled. And so maybe there's something really deep in that smile. That is the definition of friendship, too. 
or maybe he was just getting close to tooting. We, we don't know exactly. Uh, but so uh, all of these answers are good, but it left me a little unsatisfied. And so I went to the World Wide Web, went to the internet to look for definitions of friendship. And what I found are a whole bunch of memes that give great definitions of friendship. So I'm gonna share a handful of them with you here today. So uh, here's what some of those definitions of friendships were. It said, friends are therapists you can drink with. Okay, sure. Uh, another one said, we will be best friends until we are old and senile. Then we can be new friends. Another was, best friends are the people you can do anything and nothing with and still have the best time. So true. Another, a true friend thinks you are a good egg, even if you are half cracked. Good friends don't let you do stupid things alone. A friend can tell you things you don't want to tell yourself. And then finally, we're best friends. Where you go, I go. When you cry, I cry. When you laugh, I laugh. When you fall down, I pick you up after I finish laughing. <laughs> so whatever the definition, I think we can all agree that friends are pretty great. The Bible contains a lot of examples and stories of friendship, but the story of David and Jonathan's friendship might be among the most interesting, and that's the story we're talking about here today. We dove deep into this story earlier this week during Sacred Wit, our video series, and the Powered by Love podcast. So if you want to hear more about their friendship, you can go check that out. But for today, I just want to touch on the basics of David and Jonathan's story. And just a warning, their story of friendship is basically a soap opera. It is so full of drama and intrigue that it, it is kind of like a soap opera, but it's a soap opera with a really awesome friendship at its core. So we're in the Old Testament of the Bible and we're talking about the people of Israel. David is this young little guy who just killed Goliath, the giant. You maybe know that story, the story of David and Goliath. Well, killing that giant made David really famous. And so at a young age, he basically becomes a general in the army and he keeps winning battles. And so everyone loves David, including King Saul, the king. And from the beginning, on that first day when he faced Goliath, Jonathan, King Saul's son, is really impressed with David. And after their first meeting, the Bible says this, When David finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was bound to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. That's 1 Samuel 18, verse 1. That could be a friendship meme. It's beautiful. He loved him as his own soul. So Jonathan and David are great friends. That's great. But then things get a little, well, exciting is one word for it because eventually King Saul goes from thinking David is really great, David is really great, everyone thinks David is really great, actually David is the greatest, and that's when King Saul starts to worry because if David is the greatest, what about him? He's the king, he's supposed to be the greatest. And so King Saul decides he's gotta kill David to get him out of the way. And so Jonathan has to help David escape his crazy father. In the meantime, King Saul also decides, after having tried to kill David once, 
that maybe David should marry his daughter. And he thinks, great, yeah, David, you can marry my daughter. Then he changes his mind and says, no, you can't marry that daughter. And then a little later he says, well, maybe you can actually, yeah, yeah, you can marry this daughter. Like I said, this is a soap opera. This story is so full of drama. It's crazy. This is the Bible, folks. But through it all, through all the drama, young David had this best friend, Jonathan. Jonathan stands by David through all of this, which means he's standing against his father, King Saul. Jonathan embraces David not only as a friend, but actually as the next king of Israel because somehow he can tell that God's hand is upon David. This is what the Bible says. Jonathan can tell that David will be a better king than his father, King Saul, so he embraces David as the next king. But if you stop and think about what that means for him, I mean, sure, Saul is a bad king, but if David isn't going to be the next king, who would be? It would likely be King Saul's firstborn son, Jonathan. So Jonathan gives up his claim to the throne because he believes that God has chosen David to be the next king. Friendship leads us to give things up, to give of ourselves. And so Jonathan gave up the throne for his friend David. That's a pretty big one. Sometimes we give up really big things for a friend. Most of you might remember uh, about a month and a half ago when Ryan Walsinski, a member of this church, donated a kidney to a friend. That was a big one. And I'm sure a number of you out there have really great examples of really big things that you've done for your friends. But usually, friendship is doing just a lot of small things. And if we're being honest, sometimes being a really good friend can be kind of annoying and inconvenient, right? It's listening to a bunch of boring stories so that you can tell your boring stories. It's helping with things that you normally would not want to do, like moving or painting or digging fence post holes, whatever a friend might ask you to do. And so we do all of these things, even if they are kind of annoying sometimes, because we know that it is worth it. Because for all the funny and silly memes I can share, there are times when we all just need a friend. So take a few seconds. I want you to just pause right now, take a few seconds, and think about some of those friends in your life. Who are those friends? And now here's my challenge for you today, your homework, if you will. I want you to call that friend or those friends, if you're thinking of more than one, and you don't have to make it weird and say, hey, uh, Pastor Nathan from the church told me to call you, so I have to call you. Although, maybe if you haven't talked to them in a while, you wanna use that excuse, you go right ahead. But I want you to just call them listen to their stories, tell them your story, and see if there's anything they need. I think more good friendships, the more good friendships there are in the world, the better this world is. Jesus himself serves as a great example of friendship, giving totally of himself for us. Jesus teaches and preaches and shows us the value and the power of giving of ourselves in friendship. And so let's go and do likewise. Thanks, friends. Amen. All right. Well, thanks. That's a little different, uh, having this sermon in that format. Uh, but we had a sermon ready for drive-in church, and so uh, might as well uh, share it here. And so uh, this is a, a 
theme of friendship that we're exploring here today. And I shared seven friendship memes in that uh, little sermon. And so I'm curious if there was one of those that resonated more with you. And just so you all know, if you can't remember them, that all oh, that's okay. I gave these guys little <laughs> cliff notes uh, to remember those seven. So was there one of those that stood out or resonated with each of you? We will be friends until we're old and senile. Then we can be new friends. <laughs> I love that. Yes. <laughs> I'm not getting old and senile yet, but uh, that one was the funniest. I think the one for me that uh, I've always loved Winnie the Pooh. And so sure. I mm-hmm. wanted, you know, best friends are the people you can do anything and nothing with and still have the best time. Yeah. I, uh, I've, it's hard for me to... Uh, I've talked with the staff about this, but it's hard for me to like be within silence with the people that I like, because then I feel like if they're silent, then they don't really want to be there and they'd rather leave. Sure. So I've learned to be comfortable with that nothingness, to know that sometimes you just want, you just enjoy being together. You know, I've, I've discovered that my love language is quality time. Mm -hmm. So even if, you know, even if there is silence, I have to remember, wait a minute, this is still productive, you know. The one that I like is good friends don't let you do stupid things alone. (laughs) Because I think of all the memories I have with my friends, and we were doing stupid things together, Uh. and it was great fun. (laughs) Yep. As an empathetic person, I absolutely love the last one. Uh, We're best friends where you go, I go, where you cry, I cry, where you laugh, I laugh. Um, when you fall down, I pick you up after I finish laughing. Yeah. <laughs> um, as someone who just, I, I relate to people's emotions. And so to connect sure. on that level is, is a big thing for me. Um, but I also know that like the laughter is the key to dealing with life sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. I love that one too, because it connected with, you know, earlier in the week with Sacred Wit, we talked about uh, that, that Ruth and Naomi quote about, mm-hmm. you know, where you go, I will go. I mean, it's so based on that. And then it has that kind of fun twist at the end. that just right. takes it a, a direction you were expecting and then in a fun way. And like I said, laughter is, is key to friendships always, I think. Right. Well, it's interesting to, to use, like, even that one, especially in relationship to binding soul to soul in David's mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. You know, Jonathan and David have this relationship that seems to endure most things including a father who's out to kill david is um, you know that sense of of deep longing friendship that is so intertwined and interconnected is powerful a little messy too right <laughs> yes more and than compl- a little messy and, and complicated <laughs> yeah yeah and that can be the case sometimes right i mean um that's part of what I like about the Jonathan David's friendship story is that their messiness is so over the top kind of messy, like with, you know, broken engagements with sisters and then re-engagements and marriages with other sisters, a dad who's trying to kill (laughs) David and, you know, that's a messy friendship. But, you know, I think all relationships and, you know, real friendships can get messy sometimes and that can be hard to navigate. It seems, too, like there's the complicatedness of relationships even in our time. Mm -hmm. Friendships are changing. I mean, spaces are changing of how we interact. You know, I'm less likely to go and grab a coffee or a Coke with someone and and have a conversation because I just don't have that space to. Um, And I think that's where, you know, friendships that last and they're (laughs) built on trust and empathy and care and compassion seem to be the ones that are surviving this. 
You know, it's funny because we, our neighborhoods have expanded to include Zoom, so we can Zoom with people all over the world. And so a lot of my friends, but this has been for years, haven't lived in my neighborhood. And so I have three friends that are still in the Twin City area, but um, we don't get together as much. But now my friends that are in Wisconsin and Illinois and beyond that, we can still be close and do things. And it's more normal during COVID time yeah. than ever before. I'd rather have them live next door and we can hang out and talk over the fence. That'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> like t Tim Allen and his neighbor. <laughs> hey, buddy. It's Wilson, right? Wilson. Yeah, Wilson. Wilson. Yes. Right. yeah just like that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I, you know, I'm curious how friendships for those of you that are online are changing. Um, it seems like the beauty of online is it gives us space to have these conversations, but it also has its limits. I mean, I'm, I'm a hugger. I, I long for that time that I can go hug people all the time um, and finding that space to do that again. Like I feel all the this time. Is all the time. Yeah. Right. I like, you know, just that interaction, the hugging, fist yeah. bumps or handshakes, like yeah. that is so missed right now. I know. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it is awkward. Um, I, I went to a graduation party um, where I saw some really good friends who I would always hug. Yeah. And it was really awkward to walk up and just kind of go, hi. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's it's very um, cumbersome. Yeah, not fun. No, <laughs> no, and yet I think one of the things we've kind of talked about really from the beginning is the importance of making connections. You know, yeah. I, I love that uh, Michael Osterholm, the infectious disease guy from the U of M. In the midst of all the scientific data he's always talking about, one of the things he keeps coming back to is how we should really talk about physical distancing versus social, social. distancing, mm -hmm. and that it's never been more important to be socially connected with one another. And I just think that's such a good reminder. And like I listen to his podcast, he's always talking about that. And I, you know, I think that's something we can take to heart. And it's a reminder that we've shared here over and over again. And I think I keep telling others to do it as a reminder to myself. And that was part of the idea with this challenge as we think about and celebrate friendships. Let's nurture those friendships as we celebrate them here today, too. So you all got to do your homework, too, and call a friend today. Yep. <laughs> you do. all got to do your homework today and call a friend or two or three or literally as many as you want. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's powerful too. This David and Jonathan story, if you miss their sacred wit, um, Jonathan is giving away something. Yeah. Um, you know, Jonathan being the next in line to receive the kingdom is actually saying to David, no, I think you're the better king. And so his robe, his sword, his, his belt, and all these components are sort of this surrender of self in order to make someone else more successful. Yeah. Um, and I think about that in terms of how do we shape our friendships today? Mm -hmm. You know, where are those sacrifices coming and, and dwelling? And how are we sort of thinking about what does sacrifice mean in a day when it's harder to be socially together? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think about a time uh, when, like, well, most recently, like, people will send us packages. My parents will send the boys a package and, and they just, they've never been more excited. I mean, because now we're ordering more things online too. So I mean, anytime a, a package truck goes by on our street, it's like, it's the most exciting time of the day. And it's usually like four times a day because we're not the only ones on the, on the block ordering stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, that's just one of those little things that, you know, I think we could all do, right? More letters, send more uh, packages, those sort of things, because they're awesome. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's fun to get those things too. Yeah, it makes you feel really good. Mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking about um, Jonathan and David when they meet in that field. You know, mm -hmm. when they, and and that tearful reunion that they have. Um, I'm thinking that's what it's going to be like when we're back into our normal. You know, hugging and and doing things like that. I think that'll be a very emotional time. Yeah. Community and grace. I yeah. think that'll yeah. be that'll be powerful. What I'm excited about for this morning too is we are uh, we were at Drive-In Church going to celebrate Holy Communion, and so we are going to celebrate Holy Communion uh, here today as well. And so hopefully you have communion, bread and wine, and uh, crackers, grape juice, whatever you have uh, to do that. That when that time comes, what we celebrate in Holy Communion is this mystical binding of our community together. That we are held together, mm -hmm. even if we're separated by uh, miles we are connected by this Holy Spirit that draws us together and uh, including this connection to Jesus in Holy Communion. And uh, that's the, these, the next song Taylor's gonna sing is what a friend we have in Jesus. And I think that's the, you know, this big takeaway, even when we feel lonely and our friends feel far away, God is never far away. And so we cling to that promise and, uh, and celebrate that today here in a little bit in Holy Communion, uh, but even here as we uh, gather around this song that Taylor's gonna lead us into next. Well, thanks for joining us. You can find more information about Elk River Lutheran Church at our website, elkriverlutheran.org. And if you'd like to give to support this podcast and the other ministries of the church, just click that Give button at the top of the homepage. Thanks again, and have a great week. Don't take money, don't take fame, but it might just save your life to be powered by love.